0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. (laughs) You love their prices even more.
2: Wondrous selection,
3: helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball.
3: Uh,
1: what?
3: Geico fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 480 It is Wednesday night and this is the second part of our date with Destiny series. Serious? It's not serious it's a series. Uh this is brought to you by Paddy Power, a bookie's a website and an app. If you gamble, please gamble responsible. Responsibly and remember to do so with Paddy Power. Tonight I have Grizz, I have Keith, and I have Kieran with me, and we're going to look through the month of September and the 2019-20 season. Game by game, all that messing, you know how it works. Here we go. And here we go, 2019-2020, what a season it's turning out to be, despite the last couple of results and people's heads falling off. It's going to be a historic one for Liverpool Football Club. People may say I may come back and regret that, but I don't think I will. Tonight we're going to look at the month of September, uh, game by game as I've said, Uh, with me Keith, Grizz and Kieran. and look, we're just going to look people are going to send in comments as well and that's absolutely fine we'll try, we'll, we'll discuss them as we go along we're trying to get this onto periscope as we speak it's not actually working for us for some mad reason for the second night in a row but youtube is working so anybody on youtube please share it onto your twitter feed if you can you know all that sort of stuff grizz i'm going to come to you first and we leave august um we left august after a 3-0 win away to Burnley and we start um after the international break at home to Newcastle with a 3 1 win, and um <laughs> me and you watched that together, didn't we, Chris? Well, I watched it, yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, you, uh, you fortunately for Liverpool, you went out for a, a smoke, and we managed to score every time you went out for a smoke. So, yeah, yeah we were. Best, I'm best in a position to talk about the game. You didn't, you don't know what happened,
2: oh, but um,
1: but uh, yeah. Um, Newcastle is one of those games, isn't it, where you're guaranteed goals. You know, we we were guaranteed goals, but the surprising part of that game was, from what I remember, is they take the lead. They do. And mm. it's an, an amazing strike, isn't it, um, from the left-back.
2: So, Jetro Willems.
1: Oh, yeah. So, uh, Jetro Willems, um, Dutch left-back, I think.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yep. Cuts in from the, from the uh, left. Onto his right, and you think, "Okay, danger averted." This should st- end up in a stands instead. Ends up in the top corner. At the time, at the time, I did think because I remember was Adrian in goal for that.
3: He was. He was, no, he yeah. As far as I can yeah. remember.
1: Yeah, yeah, Adrian was in goal, and I thought he could have done better. I did say that at the time. I thought he could have done better, but um, but yeah, we um, we had a bit of a slow start, like we've had in many games. To be honest with you, uh, this season, and then uh, we just took over from. I think from about <coughs> half an hour, thirty-minute mark, we completely took over, and um, you know, I kept sending you away for smokes, and uh, every time you kept going away, we kept scoring, and I kept sending you away again. So, yeah, it was a good laugh.
3: It was a lovely day we had um, down in Mayfair in London. Uh, six quid a point. Um, I did buy you dinner. Yeah. Um,
1: Amazing. I did. All, all right, a, right, all right. You don't need to tell everyone. It was about amazing.
3: It. it was amazing oh, you it, I, I bought it. you. Right. Um you are having those J two O orange juices that you love and hold yeah. dear to your heart. And yeah, look, it's one of those we're back after the international break. Keith, um we do go one nil down and William scores and you're thinking, Oh, international breaks, I just hate them. But yeah, Liverpool probably what changes that game is Liverpool start without Firmino on the pitch, they go with a Rigi Sala and yeah. um Mane, and it's not working. And Origi gets an injury about 25 minutes in. Liverpool, they may be, I think they are, they're still 1 0 down at the time. Maybe 1 all. No, they're 1 all. 1 all. Yeah. Mane had equalised, I think. And, yeah. you know, we're, str- we're struggling. And he's forced into a change where Firmino has to come on. And it just changes the game from there. It's like Liverpool just click on a gear and Newcastle having a hope from there.
2: Yeah, it it was that was the big change, all right. It was one of them. Um, I think going back to Grizzly he bit harsh on Adrian on that goal. It was an absolute belt. That boy, um, boy Willems. I don't think uh, many would have yeah,
1: saved maybe.
2: it. I was, I was, I was drunk on two Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, J2O and Jelly deals, you are, uh, mm. you are uh, done to the. Done to the <laughs> max, all right, I think. But uh, no, it was, a, it was a, a slow start. And it was, I think, all our other games we hadn't gone behind. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think we'd been ahead in all of them, hadn't we? We'd, like, we hadn't uh, had to come from behind. And this was the first game. And it, I agree, you know, international breaks, I've laid and hate them, hate them. And to come back to this, to go 1 0 down. But there was a difference about this team from that first little um, tranche of games. That I always thought we'd have got back in. As you said, Mane gets the equaliser. Bobby comes on and really does change the game. It was um, it was one. It was an absolutely master class from Bobby when he came on. If you remember, a lot of the stuff he done that you know wasn't uh, involved in goals. He'd, he'd trying little back flicks, passes. You know, close to to getting on the end of a few things. It was it was a great performance. But yeah, Sadio gets us rolling. Um, well, I can't even really remember the four Sadio goal. What was the four
3: saddle goal, um, it's, comes, it's, it's, it's a, goal, goal. it's a cutback and, and he puts her in. It's similar, Kieran, just to bring you in, it's a similar goal to the one in the Super Cup, if I remember right. Oh, it is. It, yeah, it yeah. gets cut back and it's on his, his, right foot inside the box and he puts her in the far corner, mm-hmm. um, to make a one all. And then, of course, uh, Firmino on the pitch puts him through. He gets a bit lucky against the keeper for a tap in to make a two one. And we're, we're, we're flying then, Kieran, weren't we?
0: Yeah, I mean, if you if you remember the game, sort of just before we equalised as well, there was a stankold penalty, really, where Lascelles is physically abused, Matip, really. Yep, that's right. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was the first sort of, sort of hard done by VAR decision, although yeah. we live up or yeah. But, uh, so a minute later, you have. Marnie sort of equalised with Cork in goals top, top far corner and to be honest it reminded me more of his goal against Saints. So it was more of a cutback but the way he's, he's just curled it around Dubravka in, in yeah. the goals sort of breaking finish. Yeah it was, it was a breaking finish. And then obviously the Origi Ar- injury uh, it's quite well known my thoughts on Origi but uh, obviously, the substitution made a massive difference. But going back to this game, it's the first game where this team just doesn't panic. They, yeah. they just allowed themselves to play themselves back into the game. Uh, I think we had something like eleven, twelve shots in the first half, and the first two on target were Marnie's mm. goals. So yes, yeah, it's, it's the f- first time I sort of thought, yeah, we're we're a proper team. So we we had the mentality before but yeah, we don't panic at all in the situation.
3: Yeah, the panic the panic wasn't the panic I don't think was gonna set in. Um Newcastle at Anfield is usually a win for us. I'm I'm try, I'm trying to think back to when we didn't win, it might have been it might have been actually the thirty fourteen season. Would it be Right, no, no, it was the season before that, I think, when uh, Suarez gets a lovely goal off a long ball from Enrique, but I think we've beat him every time since. But, like, there's people in the chat here, um, Avos advising me not to give up smoking. I don't know why, but fair enough. Uh,
2: because you were the jinx that day and you missed all the
3: goals. Oh, yeah, right, okay, I'm with that, yeah, and no, I won't get them up. Yeah. If I, um, I'll stay with it until the end of the season, at least. Uh, Trevor Vea says, hi, Gabby, says, Bobby, to finally get a couple of goals at home this weekend, mark my words. Kev Sullivan says, that game showed... Uh, however dependent we are on our front three it's a fair point Graves because we looked we looked very ragged didn't we without the front three on the pitch like and Origi just it wasn't working for him no matter what he tried
1: we we had um, me and you were very positive usually but we were pulling each other's hair Well, I was Got a nice grip of yours, you couldn't get a grip of mine because I've got no hair. Yeah. But we were we were pulling each other's hair out over Origi weren't we? Yeah. We were going mental over Origi and how he's so ineffective of the left, even though you know he scored vital goals for us and being part of historical games for us. Overall, his game just it just doesn't seem to have the same chemistry as the other two or the other three of the case, maybe. Um and that was proved, you know, when he went off. I thought Bobby gave one of the best... I, I remember saying something on Twitter in terms of... I thought that was one of the best fourth-nine performances you're likely to see anywhere in Europe. He was an absolute joy to watch. Um, it, you know, it, it's just something different, isn't it? When when Origi's when on the pitch... It seems to be more, less, it seems to be less off the cuff, you know, it seems to be sort of very individual as opposed to sort of the chemistry, the teamwork, you know, it's not natural. It just something's lacking when one of them three is uh, not playing. And uh, yeah, uh, we got a little break in terms of Origi, unfortunately, getting injured, but it, it brought on a Bobby Firmino and then we just didn't look back.
2: Yeah, Can much. I cut in here and give you just the stats from Origi on that game just, just to sum Jesus. it up a bit? I have stats on a bit of stuff style not, you. I do But yeah, he played 37 minutes, right? 27? He had one shot Yeah, I thought, I thought it was, was less like than 37. He got the curly finger on 47. Right. But right, he had one shot off target. Um he had one dribble attempt, unsuccessful. He had fifteen touches. He had uh, let me see uh, do, 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 do. Accurate passes. He had five Elvis mm-hmm. 15 touches.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: He lost possession six times. Yeah.
3: So it was, it you know was
2: he didn't really do much. You no. know, he wasn't getting involved. He wasn't getting and maybe that that's how we played. We probably didn't do one down his wing. At that stage, we were very uh dependent still on Salah on the other side. But he just it was an early sign for me that Divock wasn't influencing game. You know, he didn't carry on his form from the, the previous season you know what I mean
3: no, absolutely. Like at the, the end of the, the end of the previous season, like I was laughing at you here, calling you a stat man Keith. I think guys oh, can expect more. An outrageous outburst from Keith, there. To be honest what with you, um, completely notions. against against the run of play, absolute notions. Uh, but uh, from the previous season, you were you were hoping Rigi will kick on. You know, he he's, he scored the second goal in the European Cup final. He had a big goal away in Newcastle, the Everton game, the Barcelona game, and it just doesn't seem to like early on in the season. The, the like we. You know, as we progress through the season, you'll see him doing alright against Everton and stuff, but it's just a bit weird. Like, uh, JJ says, Origi's been at the club since 2014, offers nothing if he doesn't score. Give him a statue for the last, last season and sell him. Um, it's, it's just, it's, it's a very strange one, but moving into the second half and, and Kieran, you know, Grizz has touched on there how it was a bit of a master class and, and Keith said the same. Um, Sorry, key called it a masterclass. Grizz called it one of the best false nine performances he's ever seen. And Firmino continues on in the second half. He absolutely runs the game from that position. And I mean runs the game from that position. And he's involved in the tour goal where it's it's played into him. He's, it's a lovely little touch and flick. And Salah takes it on, goes past one or two and puts her in the corner to secure the game. But that for me was just literally match of the day that night was just about Firmino. And, and it was well deserved, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, and it was the first time I felt, saw any pundits truly looked at how good Firmino is for us. Good uh, and how how important it is. I think it was Jermaine Genius and try trying to think who was opposite him, but he finally sure. got he finally got some credit. And I mean, we've been seeing this day in day out, and. At the start of the season, Firmino was as important to us as Henderson's been for the last three months. I mean, considering he had no break at all, sort of Brazil won Copa America, Sadio Mane came back from the Africa. Cup. Was it the African Cup of Nations? Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, unlike a two-week break, You just missed the Super Cup and then sort of they're running straight into the season. And sort of none of those boys up front adds. That they could have excused fatigue, everything. Then had a break in eighteen months at that time, and they were just class. Sort of, someone said how dependent we were on those front three at the start of the season. So sort of. you see throughout the season. I know we're talking about September, but we've relied on individual elements of the team, uh, different phases throughout. sort of the success we've had. Yeah, he, through the twenty-eight games.
3: We absolutely have. And like, especially when you look at the front three, they've all stood up at different times. But for that, like, we're, you know, we're, what, we're six, seven games into the league season at this stage. And I'm looking going for you know, just looks on top form here. Grizz, you, we get that win and we're back, we're back motoring. But the three days later on the Tuesday, we travel to Napoli in the Champions League and we lose the game 2-0. And. I thought we played quite well that night, Chris. You know, we go down, we go down to a, a penalty that, for me, still is not a penalty, and a late goal. We kind of caught uh, Van Dijk makes a mistake, and we get caught, Chris. But you know, it, it was the start of the Champions League campaign. It was Napoli again, and you just kind of got that feeling: oh, here we go again." But it was it wasn't a bad performance that night, Chris.
1: No, 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 it wasn't. It was it was very uh, not opposite totally because we still lost. But in terms of performance, and in terms of Um, you know how timid we were in the first sort of is it the previous year? Sorry. Was it the previous season? Yeah. 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 I mean, I mean, compared to how timid we were the previous season, this was far more controlled. One thing we there was a big criticism of the season before how our midfield was totally ineffective in terms of controlling a big-away game. Well, this time round, we managed to control the game majority of it, they get, as you say, a very, very dubious penalty where, you know, on first viewing, it looks like a sure nailed on penalty, but if you see it in slow motion, uh, it was a horror, horrible decision. But you get them away from home, type kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? So, but the overall performance, from what I remember, was very good. Uh, it was controlled. I mean, everyone sort of saying Napoli have got the, the, you know, the, the Indian sign over us, but it was a harsh result um, I didn't worry I didn't worry about it too much I, I didn't dwell over it too much I didn't think it's a sign of things to come etc and, and and so it turned out
3: yeah look I, I'm not, I'm not gonna to t- touch too much on it, Keith, but it wasn't a great start to the Champions League campaign, you know you're going there and you're thinking to yourself, if you win this, it's a really brilliant step you know, towards defending the the title we'd won uh, a couple of months previous, if we get a draw, it's grand, it's an away draw against Napoli but, you know like Kev O'Sullivan says there Napoli defensively were still very good they showed how he can be contained as, you, as long as you ride your luck they're still a very good side they were but I thought as the game went on I thought there'd only be one winner uh, Keith yeah. and it just turned I turned on that penalty decision and I was very fucking annoyed over it very annoyed over it at the time yeah it was
2: a, a shocker Caléon Callion really, you know? was the player what that went down yeah was it Callion? yeah Robert was yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, I, I agree with Grizz said there, you know, it looked stonewall, but when you see it back, uh, there was no way, and with VAR, that shouldn't really have been given, do you know what I mean? Like mm. it was, he, he touches the ball, and your man, Callahan's just looking to go down, always looking to go down, and it, it can be frustrating, and maybe it's a naivety on behalf of the British clubs when they go into Europe, and the supporters of British clubs as well, that, you know, you're not used to, overused to seeing players looking for that but you could see a mile away and you're saying why can the ref not see this why can the video refs not see this that he's looking for that penalty but now they give it and yeah even when they gave it to be honest at the time I remember thinking Adrian done well in the in the Super Cup you know maybe the penalty isn't a surefire thing but I think it was Dries Martin's pops it in doesn't he and uh That was just a kick in the teeth. What minute was that? That was late, wasn't it? We'd...
3: Yeah, it was it was it was late enough.
0: 80 second minute. Yeah, it was late enough. 80
2: second. Yeah, so that was an absolute because we did dominate the game. Well, we you know possession and all that. We we done much better. Whereas the fourth year, the previous year, we did get a bit of a gangsters bait over there, and they scored an in the injury time. And but they deserved it. Mm. Whereas this time we were much better. You know, we we did control it. I I thought the, the lads in midfield had a decent game. that night. you think it was uh, him though. Fabinho was it Wijnaldum
0: no, no Milner is
2: the British invasion yeah yeah so Milner Henderson and then with Fabinho I thought we'd done well because they were quite good in midfield as well when we played them. I think their your yeah, man Allen was a, a little little waspy little fucker he was running around and wasn't giving up and throwing in kicks and all that and then Fabian Ruiz was a good player Like so it was a good battle in midfield and whoever said it was a great set there I care on about their defence their defence was very good that night Man they alas, were, I'm they cool were, but
3: man. but I tell you something, they were right, and don't get me wrong, I thought both defenses were going on the night. When you actually look back at the game, like. Adrian makes a ridiculous save from Mertens, I think. He makes a ridiculous save. right? I think it was Mertens he makes it from. Um When the ball's put to the back post and you yeah. it in, he gets his hand up. right? But yeah. when you actually watch the game progress, Liverpool look more and more and more like scoring. Like Kulibaly's thrown in last-ditch tackles. Yeah. He's diving in front of balls. There's one where I think it's Mane is put through and he's trying to slip it to Salah and he overhits it. And if he just gets that, Roy Salas literally cleaning on goal, you know, yeah. 20 yards out with no one near
2: him. It was, of- one of them, it was one of them, wasn't it, where like Napoli looked to be playing on adrenaline. They were very sort of, um, they were up and they were, they were very um, worked up for the game. Whereas we were very calm and calculated. First big game, you know, back in the Champions League after winning it. And it was just a bit of a kick in the teeth then that we didn't get to win, you know. And the way we lost it, that leading Elfler getting one then on the... Laurenti. 90-odd Llorente, yeah. Because yeah. all they kept saying was, you know, our well, revenge for the Champions League final. Can, yeah. can Llorente get revenge? Yeah, so cool. yeah. Because
3: scoring in the first group game is definitely revenge. Yeah, in the it final. makes up for it. Yeah, game. I'd makes say that was Jermaine Genesis said that as well. Uh, ah, could have been, could have been. Uh, but, but, Kieran, you know, it's a game where, you know, you, you kind of... Pff, you're, I was a bit deflated after because I thought we put in a decent performance there and it's a hard place to go to and you know you don't want to lose your fourth group game it puts pressure on you straight away especially as defending champions but did you come away from it thinking well, we could be in trouble here or did you think nah we, we've we've three home games and we've a couple of winnable away games and we'd be fine I mean uh, there
0: was so many positives in the performance to sort of worry about over the course of six games that well, uh, the thing that I was thinking about on a night was fuck me Salzburg 6-2 in, in the other game yeah for that, that this is a team that I didn't expect anything from then obviously mm. we hear about Erling Ireland we learn we learn something about him but in the context of this game I mean first 10 minutes I think Nathalie had a disallowed goal <laughs> uh, after Adrian had pulled off a couple of saves and think it was Lozano who might have been offside and just headed it in but I mean, Napoli, over the course of the game, they were playing six at the back. Ruiz and Allen were basically sitting on the laps of Manalas and Koulibaly. Yeah. And you you saw they were going to double-team any one of our attackers. Whoever had the ball, they, they were playing schoolboy football. They they were chasing the ball. Yeah, as long as they had two people and they they were comfortable with their tactics, typical Italians, they, they don't mind sort of sitting there defending for 90 minutes in, try and nick something. And that's ultimately what they did. So uh, there's no no point in panicking about that and with our result, especially after the previous year as well. So it's nothing that we hadn't come through before.
3: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, you know, I I, I think the result wasn't, it wasn't perfect. I thought the performance was really good. And I just came away from... Uh, if you go back and listen to the show after the Napoli game, I'm just very annoyed. <laughs> I may <laughs> I may have run out of cans. That might have been an issue. But um, I was very, very annoyed. Grizz, we get back into League Action though, Um, in around your hometown. And we go to Stamford Bridge. And we beat Chelsea with two goals to one. And um, We go 2-0 up through Trent and through um, Firmino. Uh, we go 2-0 up... Um, Chelsea get one back through Kante with about fifteen or twenty minutes to go, but this is the first real time that VAR threw its head up and, like Liverpool, were getting decisions. And because I think it's Mason Mount that's caught offside in the build up to a goal for Chelsea, and everybody yeah. decides that the, the the league is fixed, Grizz, and you know they're doing this for Liverpool. But overall, on the day, I thought Liverpool went to Stamford Bridge and <laughs> were clear winners of this game despite the despite the scoreline.
1: For me, it was the uh, the first big, big major test away from home. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> not a great record at Stamford Bridge. Um, recent times, maybe not so recent, recent, but sort of last 10 years, uh, um, a great rivalry developed, obviously, since the Rafa and the Jose days with Chelsea. And they're an evil club to go away to. Their fans absolutely despise us. Um I'm always, always, always sort of apprehensive of going to Stamford Bridge. As I said, our, our record's not been great there. And even though they were under sort of, you know, a new coach, a young coach, um, they had a very good start sort of in terms of, you know, results. People saw an, uh, a, a method of playing from Lampard uh, that was different from Surrey And there was sort of, you know, quite, uh, quite a bit of optimism. Um, I thought we were superb on the day. I thought we were fantastic. I thought Bobby, again, was masterful. Trent scored uh, an amazing free kick if I remember rightly. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it was brilliant. Um the the, the VAR goes correctly or you know, ruled out for them. You know, he was offside in the play, but I think it was the first decision if I remember unless I've forgotten. It was the first decision where VAR was used for something that's happened in the build-up. Do you know what I mean? We yeah, yeah this, to but this this what, was what the happened?
3: one. This was the one where Chelsea were literally <laughs> you know a good forty seconds into celebrating right. and then yeah. so basically it's only it right, all kind of exploded, chris
1: yeah, so that's basically what it was. the public, the footballing uh, public wasn't used to sort of how it works and how the play can be brought back so it was a big boohar about it, but you know the the facts were that he was offside and 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 it's been proven that many other teams have suffered from that kind of decision where he's brought back. Um, you know, except us when we went to United, it wasn't brought back for us, but anyway, but the point being, I thought we were fantastic, Kante scores and a magnificent goal, you know, about 15 minutes from the end, that gives them a bit of a um, a bit of a motivation, but um, you know, overall, we were very, very worthy winners and um, I really to be honest with you, from a personal point of view I really enjoyed that game, I really enjoyed beating Chelsea, as you know, I love it I absolutely love beating the Chelsea, uh, Chelsea lot. Cause I've got a lot of fa- uh, fellow friends there from London that are sort of, you know, started supporting Chelsea in the last fifteen, ten, fifteen years. So, mm. yeah, it was a, it was. I thought, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it really, really set us up. I thought, wow, we really. I mean, I knew we were the real deal anyway from the season before, but this kind of continued the sort of, um, you know, the dominance, especially against big clubs. You know, we were by far the better team away from home, and
3: that was encouraging. Mm. Keith, this was, um, I think it was our sixth league game of the season. Uh, and, you know, you'd be forgiven for going to going to Stamford Bridge and saying, let's go there, all right, you know, last season we were brilliant, we got 97 points, you know, we drew at Chelsea, but and you'd, you'd be forgiven for thinking, go there and get a point, six games in, five wins and a draw, and you're okay, because I think City... I think by this stage had drawn and lost one. So you are absolutely fine. You'd be fine with that. But Liverpool do go there that day and they do stamp their dominance on Chelsea. And it is I think it's a massive wake up moment for everyone around the league where they go, No, this team really means business because they've taken care of a promoted side in Norwich. You know, Arsenal are Arsenal. You know, they've They've gone away to Borne, That's meant to be a bit bogey and they've done the job there. You know, the Newcastle, bit of a scare. They sort that out. They got, and now, now it's Chelsea and you're thinking, Oh, this, they've gone to Southampton as well, where, and can be tricky. And they've, they've found a way. And this one here, it's not like they found a way and they dogged the game. They dominated the game and there was a big hoo ha made about the whole offside VAR stuff, but that's the rules, you know, and it was only because it was new that it was causing a big massive thing, but. After that, Keith, I have to be honest. I looked and went, This team are going all the way here because they stamped themselves on a Chelsea side that started the season quite well and were quite, you know, a couple yeah. of dodgy home draws and already were beating our old traffic on the first day, but we're not getting momentum. But they were showing signs on the Lampard that they could be oh, a they, young, exciting side.
2: They certainly were, and that's, I think, you know, the context of all the games. You just went through them there, but each game had a different context we spoke about on the last show, you know, Southampton was after the Super Cup. It was the early kickoff. you know. It was meant to be a tricky one. Chelsea, where after getting humped by an in the fourth day, they had gone on a nice run, you know. So there was loads of Newcastle we'd gone behind, we'd come back, you know. There was all these little uh, little things that made the wins impressive. Now, what I remember clearly from this, my highlight from this game, was the disallowed goal for Chelsea. And you can actually hear Martin Tyler and Gary Neville's hearts breaking because they're celebrating the goal, as they do. Mm. And you just heard him, oh, wait, what's going on? Oh, the, the, and Martin Toyler, I don't know if he had a pen, but you could hear the ping it and fucking throwing on the ground. They're going to call this back. And he was disgusted. Mm. He was disgusted. And that sticks in my memory from that because it was one, it was the first one, I think. Yeah, Grizz, you were right there. It got pulled back, but it got pulled back so far. You know, it, was, it wasn't It was like the, the pass that went, I think it was a couple of passes they pulled back. I think it, it was a from, pass in off, the outside. So
3: I think it was a pass into who then played it to somebody who played it across. Who played it across,
2: and as Azpilicueta tapped it in. Mm. That's where, yeah, it wasn't like, you know, the the City one where uh, Jesus was the ball, handball, off Laporte and mm. straight to Jesus, whereas mm. this was a couple of phases back. So it was a big thing, and it started all that shit about, you know, Liverpool and all this. They're getting all the decisions. But well, ignored the Matic one in the Newcastle game back here on spoke about a minute ago. Mm. But I thought, you know, this I didn't think we'd sort of swept these aside. I thought it was, what I enjoyed was it was a good, solid, workman performance. Mm. You know what I mean? We went in there, we kept our heads, and we done the business. You know, we grinded out. We've done a lot this season. You know, people complain, oh, we're not playing well. You know, the neutrals, suppose neutrals will say we're the worst league-winning team because... Why not playing good football, but this was, a, this was like a, an, evol- an evolution for this team that we could go in and we could do this type of uh, this type of performance against a big six rival. And that's what impressed me the most. Yeah. That was a good, a good, solid performance.
3: Matt Sweeney says Chelsea was a major scalp at the time and the four signs of what this campaign would be built.
0: It's been more than a year since the pandemic turned healthcare upside down. I'm Jody Lesh. Join me for Ahead in Health where we explore the questions that matter most about the future of healthcare. Listen to Ahead in Health wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Done. Stoic yeah. discipline for the 90, an absolute refusal to let go of a lead, the catalyst for everything. They're brilliant words from Mat I'm being honest yeah. with you. Um, yeah. Because he's dead, Roy. Uh, you, we, we found ways, but this game was a real defiant Liverpool where we're going, no, we're, we're beating you. And if you, okay, can't they get one back? And we're still not going to drop points. We're not letting go of this regardless. And, you know, although Chelsea huffed and puffed, I think they kind of knew. Um, they they were, they were flogging a dead horse really towards the end of it, even though they were pushing a little bit. I think they were always in control. Kieran, after the Chelsea game, um, (coughs) We, we we ventured into the League Cup and we traveled to the MK Dons and we win the game 2 0. There's a fortunate goal for James Milner and I'm trying to remember the second one. I think it might have been somewhere in the second half. It was
2: Keanu Hoover. Keanu Hoover
3: got a good header. But yeah. Kieran, um it, it was quite obvious from the outset that Liverpool weren't go- not that he weren't gonna take the League Cup seriously. But they were going to put out teams that were extremely young, regardless of circumstance. And then the circumstance obviously catches up with us um, mid-December. But going into this game, are you thinking we should target the League Cup? Or are you thinking we should probably go a bit stronger and just make sure of everything? Or are you quite happy with, yeah, play all them lads? Because we have different, we've different ambitions for this season and the League Cup is just not it. I
2: think Will I take on this time. one?
3: Yeah, go ahead, Keith.
2: Yeah, no, it was. It was a, it was a good... It, it was a, an interesting uh, performance. Was the selection, to be honest. Oh. If we could... But our time go on, Keith. Oh, sorry. I think Kieran was trying to get in there, was he? Um, yeah, with this game, it, the selection... It was, there was a few senior players in this one. It was, um, Cueven Kelleher played in goal, didn't he? But there was like, Lovren was playing, Milner was playing, uh, Lalane. I remember thinking at the time, a few of the senior players at all, were a bit short sure that, we, Naby Coyte played, Diox uh, played, and I don't think they had great games. And it did take a scottery Milner goal to get us sort of into the game. But if I remember correctly, thinking at the time, the two standouts for me were Harvey Elliott and Keanu Huber. From yeah. that game, yeah, they yeah. they really good games down the right hand side for us, um, and that's you know it was it was a a mixed team. Curtis Jones, Ream Brewster, like there was young guys in there, but there was older lads as well. well
1: see, I was at that game, so um, it was definitely the first time the the world stood up and noticed Harvey Elliott. He yeah. was he was outstanding. I remember. Being excited, I mean, in the lineup. I mean, as you said, it was a bit of a mixed, mixed bag. Um, it was fairly strong actually, because I don't yeah. think we played a strong lineup after that. Um, this was one of the stronger lineups we played in the cup competitions. You know, we had Dejan Gomez, Milner in the back four. We had Lalana Oxlade, and Kater. I remember in midfield. Yeah, uh, Ryan, uh, Ryan Brewster was up front. But nobody stood out. Nobody stood out apart from Harvey Elliott in that game. It was a very, very scrappy game. Uh, I remember. Even, even, he, even your man Ken Hoover. He scored the goal, but you could see the the naivety in his play. He was young. Mm. You could see he was a ball playing full black full into in, in sort of the the mold of. Um,
3: so club.
1: But but uh, stop it. But basically. <laughs> But basically Harvey Elliott was amazing. you know that it was it was like watching, you know, we I remember us having a laugh afterwards in the group WhatsApp in terms of, you know, it was the second coming of Messi. I mean, he was mesmerizing. He was playing guys that were sort of at least two feet bigger than him. He was superb, strong as well for his size, the ability you could see all in the you could see all the ability in the world, yet he had the right attitude and desire. You know, he he felt comfortable on that stage, so yeah, it was it was brilliant to watch Javier.
3: Uh, Owen Bork says, Shiravella was ineligible ineligible for the MK Dons game, and we still couldn't get thrown out of the team. Um, and of course, that those those come afterwards where Surevella was some because of some sort of paperwork wasn't registered, and uh, Liverpool got away. But I think he got a bit of a fine. And even though he wanted to be, even though he wanted to be. uh even though they wanted to be thrown out. So um it was a it was a bit of a mad one. Um and Owen obviously says there's a real indication that we didn't want to really be in it. But uh like, there's not much more to say on that game. We go through. There is a couple of standouts, like you say, uh, Harvey Elliott. I thought Hoover was quite good that night. Quivon uh, Kelleher makes one or two decent saves, if I remember rightly. But oh, I he makes a sick save, yeah. He yeah. makes one stunning save. And so so basically, you know, when you look at it, it was a fairly routine win. I thought MK Dons gave as good as the golf probably for up until the fourth goal. And then it was you know, Liverpool were in complete control after that. Yeah. Um, there's only one game left in the month, believe it or not, and it's away to Sheffield United. And we go there, and Sheffield United have surprised a lot of people, and up until this day, or the third or fourth or fifth of March, and they're still surprising people. And, Grace, i come to you first me and you spoke, I know we spoke, and we said, this will be a difficult place to go because the crowd will be well up for it. You know, they've come up from the, they've come up from the the championship. They are, you know, doing well in the Premier League and Liverpool are coming to town. They will try their absolute best to make it difficult for us. And it it proved to be that way, didn't it?
1: Without doubt, they gave us at that stage and possibly, obviously, apart from Watford, since uh, our toughest game. I thought they were fantastic on the day. I remember the atmosphere being cracking atmosphere. Even though it was an early kickoff, uh, it was a Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday morning, early kickoff. The atmosphere was cracking. Uh, the 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 organization. It was the first time, sort of, I like concentrated and watched sort of United. I mean, you know, there was a couple of reports about his team being well coached and drilled, um, but they but they. But uh, until you actually play them, you don't really sort of notice that. I thought they were fantastic. I thought credit to Wilder. Um, You know, they were so focused. And, and, you know, most teams, when they come up, tend to sort of play far more defensive. Do you know what I mean? It's always safety first. I thought his team was refreshing in, in terms of attacking us at every opportunity, getting numbers in the box. Um, they were different. They were very fresh, um, but again, again, we managed. This was the signs. This was the signs of finding ways of, you know, winning regardless of the atmosphere, regardless of the situation. You know, all the, all the, all the, all the pointers. We were like, all right, they're going to score, um, but we overcame it. We overcame it, and even though it was a a goalkeeping error, you know, it didn't matter at the time. It felt like a very, very crucial win, and. You know, it's so turned out to be that sort of we one of many, many games that we weren't 100%, but we managed to find a way and get to three points.
3: Yeah, and, you know, we do get fortunate. Kieran, are you back with us there? Yes, mate. Right. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we're, we're talking Sheffield United, and, and and it is, as Chris said, like, it's one of those where we do manage to get to three points, but we do walk away from that game thinking, we. Did we deserve it probably on, on the on the we dominated the game for me, but on chances created, I think we deserved it. But when you look at the way the goal comes, you're thinking still a bit lucky.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, definitely it was a bit lucky. We were shooting from anywhere in the, in the end, I think we we're aiming from 30, 35 yards at times. Uh, didn't create a clear goal scoring chance all game. Uh, Got very lucky with Vinalden, I think it was, he scored the goal. And obviously, Henderson's made a mistake, but I, I look at sort of the best fullbacks I've seen in the league this season and Ender yeah. Stevens and Bulldog in that 5 three, 2 that they play. It It's not a defensive 5 three, 2, it, it is predominantly three-two, three-two, 2. And yeah, we just didn't know how to attack it. In all honesty, uh, but we adapted throughout the game and got the result in the end.
3: Yeah, we absolutely did. Keith, are you still there? Me? I think Keith is muted for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but look, we get, we get, we get the we get the result. We walk away from it. It's probably it is fortunate overall, Grizz, because you think to yourself, look, it's it's one of those where do we deserve to look in the game? <clears throat> It's argue. You could argue that, Chris, because we do have a couple of chances. We are on top for the vast majority.
1: They, well, I remember, they- I remember, I remember, I remember my missing a one-on-one. You know, you don't expect him to miss that. You know, mm. Van Dyke plays a beautiful ball over the top. So we, uh, you know, I remember Salah missing a very easy chance as well. So we had, we had a couple of chances, but we didn't put them away. And 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 fair play to them, they didn't have any clear cut chances, but they had a lot of situations where it looked dangerous. Do you know what I mean? They, Mm. they, they, they definitely, they definitely gave us a very, very hard game. I guess, I guess we were lucky overall to get the three points, but, um, you know, it, 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 it was a sign of our mentality more than anything, more than ability in that situation. It was a sign of our mentality and how we were sort of just so focused, intent on doesn't matter if it's not our day, we will still keep grinding all the way to the end. And, you know, and and if anything goes our way, we take it I and mean, we will will launch it for day life.
3: Yeah, and look, it, it ends. It ends. It ends. Us being Keith is back, and he's. It, yeah. It's it's seven. Can you from, hear me? It's seven from. Yeah, I can hear you. It's seven from seven, Keith, and um, you know, I think it's seven from seven. If I remember right, it's seven games played, seven games won, and everyone around us, Keith, have to be looking at this stage, going, okay, we're only a little over the fifty. We're, not even a fifth of the way into the season, but they're gone seven from seven. They've had some mad away games. They've had some div- difficult, I wouldn't say home games, but they found different ways. It wasn't like we just blasted seven teams out of the water. We we went into different situations and we managed them really, really well. And it was, as much as we were getting excited about it, Keith, how much did the rest of the league look and go, I, that these are going to be hard to beat.
2: Yeah, that was the thing, wasn't it? Every every game, you know, Sheffield United. You, know, you look at it, and you can look back in two years' time and look back and say, Oh, Sheffield United, you know, sure, one up Liverpool. Well, look, you know, such thing. Sheffield United you know, were a great team um, this season, and they started off brilliant. And I know the lads touched on it there, and um, we dropped off the call, so it was probably mentioned. But their formation was was. Outrageous to try and figure out back then. Like I I know Kira mentioned about the full backs being attacking, but the overlapping centre backs, you know, the three centre backs play for them, and Basham and O'Connell are raiding up the wings supporting the fullbacks. It's something you never see. We went in there and we got a win. And despite what you know, the, the scoreline says 1-0 and you look at the highlights and you'll just see Genie getting a, a scaldy effort that uh, Henderson lets trickle in. But we did sort of batter them and they didn't lay a glove on us in that game, really. You know, they had one chance at the end that went over the bar and uh, they, uh, Leon Clark, I think it was, had a chance at the end. And, it would have been called back for offside if it had gone through. So they really didn't didn't do that. we missed a few good chances that day, and um, but it, it sent out a signal to the rest of the league that you know every horde will be what coming up against. I can't say this often enough. Every game had context at this stage. You know, it wasn't like we were just sweeping aside, you know, a, a promoted team. This was different. These were these were a, a, an unknown an unknown entity back then, and it was a I thought it was a great win. That was a really good win and it, it just was another another nail in the in the coffin of you know, I'd say even at this early stage of the season, Man City were looking for every little team for us to drop. You know, they're like, Well, Sheffield United, you know, they're a tricky team, they might drop points in this and we didn't, we came through it, which was which was a great sign.
3: Yeah, it was, it was a brilliant sign. And, and to be, to be into those, to be at the end of September, looking at seven wins from seven, a progression in the league cup. All right. The Champions League had to start a great week. We, er, when we actually get into October, our first game, I think is the Salzburg game. But Grizz, at this stage of the season, you know, we're seven from seven and I'm, I'm down to 23 again, 23 more wins. And I couldn't believe after, you know, at every opportunity, I was able to move that, that, Countdown down every single game. Um, I didn't have to stop at any, t- at any time. It was just... I, I, it was an excitement from early on, Grizz. Let's be honest about it.
1: I liked... You know, it was exciting. And, and, and you know, every week was bringing us three points, as, as Keith says, regardless of how we play and any adversity we may come up against or anything like that. But what I was started slowly noticing was the way we were pacing ourselves in games. You know, it wasn't always hundred miles per hour, right? So there was, you know, we were we're accustomed to underclock, sort of, held, you know, going all out, getting two, three goals, and then relaxing. It was a total different way. It seemed we were controlling games. It was, um, I think, Kieran touched on it again with regards to the Newcastle game. It was the game where we, where we paced ourselves. We knew. We're in the game. We stay in the game, and a, a chance will come or a break will—you know—we get a break. And so it was a maturity that was, for me, certainly standing out. Now we were, you know, we were. I, I just suddenly had suddenly had this feeling of, dare I say, invincibility. Right? We were. We really believed in ourselves. Every single player on the pitch just sort of seemed about ten percent more mature than the season before. If you know what I mean, like game intelligence seemed to improve. Our, our, we were more streetwise. You know, you are not going to get a, a more streetwise team than Sheffield United. Knew every trick in the book. You know, physical, everything, set pieces. But we just controlled it. We knew where not to make fouls. Do you know what I mean? To give them sort of momentum in terms of set pieces. Um, I was seeing all these kind of phases of play, and um, it wasn't
3: yeah, no, absolutely. Um, if anybody has any random questions, throw them in there. We have about eight or nine minutes left. Um, but there's just some comments coming in here, and we, tr- we try to keep up the comments, even though we're talking about September. Like um, somebody says there that he can see, Wacker says we can, he can see Mane leaving in the summer, and he'd take 120 million for him, and he'd spend it on Sancho. Wacker, I think you are mad. Absolutely yeah. mad. Grizz, would you take 120 million for Mane and spend it on Sancho?
1: No, he's mad. Raka, you're mad. What Gav's saying is true. You're mad, mate.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, he also gets a feeling that we're in for Harvard's big time.
1: Well, he's right about that, but well, you know, big time. I don't know what big Ooh. I don't know what big time means. But look, look, you don't know big what players. big
3: time means.
1: Well, we're a big team. We're in for big players. Well, big the time usually means that
3: we're 100% we're hundred percent in for. We're gonna have a good goal. Yeah,
1: we're hundred percent in for it. But the, but my point being is. We're in for all the best players in the world because we're the best team in the world. and, and not anymore, we're not. Why are we, people surprised when we're linked with the best players? And he's one of the best, especially best young players in the world because, you know, that's the way our recruitment works. We target the best young players in the world. He's one of the best young players in the world. We're in for him.
3: Great question from Dylan O'Rourke coming up now in a couple of seconds. It was suggested that earlier in the season, says own book, that Klopp had learned and we would see our games better and pace ourselves so it would stand us towards the end of the season. We are stuttering along now. What your feelings on that, Keith?
2: I couldn't agree more. I think every year Klopp learns and, you know, he learned that... On the back of last season, you know, last season was a grueling season. It was a, you know, a a run right up till the end, 97 points. 97 points is an outrageous haul. You know, we lost one game and we won the Champions League. You know, that was a lot of legs. And I think he was clever enough in knowing that, you know, we do have to pace ourselves while while not pressing as much. And that has to be by design. You know, we don't press as much. I think he realised... There was too much going into the legs, into the bodies were all the pressing that he had a steal when he force came in and it's gradually sort of, I think, eased off a bit. And he has little tweaked it year on year and I think that is true. This year, he paced it. Just get the wins. Mm. Just get the win on the board. You don't have to try and run in four or five, which, let's be honest, in most games, we were getting a lot of chances. Am I missing them? Mm. You know, so we might look back at two ones and one nils. You know, the Sheffield United one, for example, we would three sitters that we missed that day. Manet had two sitters and Mo missed uh, a one-on-one with the keeper as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so if he had had a shield built on, that would have been a lot more. But I do think he was he was pacing it. I thought he was just get the wins. That's the most important thing.
3: Well, I own book I have to be honest with you, own book has been on this chat, I'd say... I've noticed him over the last week. I love his comments. I have to say, I really, really mm. do. Um, because he think he obviously does. He's a, he's a thinker when it comes to the game. Yeah. Um, he, he a bit like he, me, a bit like you. Yeah. He likes context and stuff like that, Chris. Um, mm. you know, but I'd say he knows what big time means as opposed to you who doesn't. Uh, but uh, though we're stuttering along now, I think. Fair assessment. I think there's been a bit of a stutter. Yes, absolutely. But I'm going to say this. I'm going to put this to Owen. And Owen, you can mark this one. And we can have a nice little chat about it um on Sunday after the, we have to play Bournemouth. And we come on on Sunday. I have a very, very strong feeling Liverpool are going to click into gear on Saturday. And they're going to sweep Bournemouth aside. And I think we're going to go back to the Liverpool you've been used to. Because I've seen Liverpool this before. Where they come off a break or they come off, you know, they, they could be over cup and they mightn't play for 10 days and, and it takes them three, four games. And, and I'm, I'm only putting this down to the body language of Jürgen Klopp last night, who didn't look fucking bothered about that game last night. He looked like he was watching players for fitness and bits and pieces. I have a feeling the legs come back on Saturday and we're all good to go from there. Um, K- Dylan asks, and Grizz, you like this one. He said, um, he says the man versus field challenge. So, you know what man versus food is, Chris? Yeah, vaguely. You Vaguely, would you fucking stop it? It's on Siri's <laughs> link. The fucking skybox is on fire. It's saving you about the episode you have on it. But, um, so, what What challenge would you go for, Chris? Is there a field challenge where you'd look, or you could make one up in your own head and go, yeah, I could absolutely do that. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I could do, uh, I could try it. Shall I be honest with you? There's there's this misconception that I'm a massive, massive eater.
3: No, it's not a misconception.
1: No, it's a misconception.
3: Right, right. Go on, explain.
1: Well, I'm not a massive, massive eater. Um, like in one go, in one sitting. Mm. So I'm not sure if I'd be the best candidate for that. But if you put me on to a, but I would I would make an attempt. And and the best food I would make an attempt at I think would have to be. It'd have to be fried chicken, wouldn't it? It'd have to be Geth, right? So how much? Now, now, bucket. So if you're going to ask me in terms of how many pieces and wings, I right?
2: don't know. how many chickens, i Why well, not talking about wings <laughs> and pieces? This is man versus food. <laughs> I want to know how many chickens you're eating. There. Oh
1: shit! Oh good. All right. So I'm going to get technical with you guys, right? So about chicken. In a chicken, in in in, in one chicken, there's mm. nine. Is uh, nine pieces you get out of here, right? Mm-hmm. So fucking hell man, I couldn't do two chickens. That's eighteen pieces, Keep
2: Two chickens. Uh, yeah, man. Grizz, we'll change it up a bit, right? Deep fried humans, how many humans can you eat? Oh fucking yeah, man. It's man That's... versus field here. It's a challenge like you ever see the programme, they're eating burgers that are the size of your legs sitting
3: around. No, but you see, this is the this is the thing. It's not always about volume because you would see people go there's six chicken yeah. wings and
2: they have fucking molten yeah, lava the whole, on them can yeah, you eat them they've laid in california rebar, chilies in them yeah would
3: you would you go down that route or would you go quantity me personally Reus? oh fucking hell. would you go like would it's you go oil, would you oil go oil for plant. a spicy challenge or would you go for there's a burger that weighs fucking a kilo are you No, gonna no I'd
1: go I, I I'd go that I can't do listen another misconception right I can't do spicy food Right. Okay. I can't do it. I could never, never eat spicy food. I'm not a spicy food man right. at all. I'd go quantity. And look, in, in look, we've got too technical for 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 normal people listeners, right? Hold I on, hold on. What I do
3: you mean people? we've got too technical? You started the technical stuff.
1: Yeah, no. So I'm bringing it back. Okay. Bringing it back. To, I'm bringing it back to just normal. How many pieces of chicken could I have hmm. in a challenge? I honestly think, Gav, I think I can eat. I think I can eat about 10 pieces of chicken. 10
2: pieces
1: of chicken? Oh, what, you can't? You can? What, what? Oh,
2: easy peasy, Chris.
1: Really? Easy, 10 you pieces of that, chicken? You say that, Ge- no. I'm telling you, 10 pieces is not easy. 10
3: chicken, me. 10 fillets of chicken, Keith, would polish with it. 10
2: chickens, 10 chickens. So that's blatant.
3: 90 bits. 20 fillets. 90 yeah. bits. <laughs>
1: Uh, nah, man. I'm telling you, 10 pieces of chicken, it's not easy. W- well, you, you've got to remember, you're popping a few chips in there as well. Mm,
3: well, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be the, the spicy route either, but I, I think, you know, like they, they make these burgers and there's like eight burgers and it's fucking all dripping yeah. with cheese and all. I think I'm, I'm never not into them. I'd have a go Oh, that.
2: that's the one I wouldn't do. Too yeah. big and sloppy. Yeah. Big pizza, you know, pizza, that'd be the size of a tractor wheel. Like, I'd give that a go. Yeah. Spicy things wouldn't bother me as well. We were in walk one day and a fella... Grows his own chilies, And he brought two in and said to me and me mate, I said, a chilli eating challenge. Who can do it without a drink? So I bleed and got the chilli, started nibbling away at it. My mate, oh, one go, boom. Took the chilli down. He was on fire, sweat pumping out. And album. we just nibbled away, got down to it. Not a bother. Heat doesn't bother me.
1: So just, just as a, a pretend question from a viewer or a listener, what is the best cure for, like when you've eaten something too hot and spicy. Milk. milk. I was just going to say that. Is it really Cow's milk. milk. Oh, yeah.
3: no. None of that y- halal yeah. y-
1: <laughs> 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 Yogurt on milk, right? Milk. Mm-hmm. Not yeah. yogurt.
3: Yeah, milk. Um, none of that halal stuff. The one wolf, <laughs> So, I mean you need a you need you need a depressed cow. Uh, right, the milk of a depressed cow if uh, you've had to have eaten um uh, good to know, good rather to know. than a really happy fella that's uh, staring down the barrel. um no, we can move on, we can move on. Yeah, uh, no listen, I there's mentions of after eights and stuff there. I don't know what was going on there. Uh but after eights have been mentioned. Uh JJ Babb says, How many muffins could you polish off? Oh. Now, 20. I'm going to tell you something. When I go in to get a McMuffin at McDonald's, which is not very often now because I've been eating healthy and I've been off to drink for three days and it's killing me. For
1: two, for two hours.
3: Three days <laughs> I've been off, you prick. Right? <laughs> uh, but um, when I go in, I don't like the egg on it. So I just get them to put just sausage oh. and bacon on it. Oh,
1: you're mad. I oh, you the need lo-
2: the egg. I, d- yeah. I don't, I don't I eat I do eggs.
1: The I go down the Halal route and only have egg. And I'm telling you now, I could do about...
3: Twelve. Not a big eater, that's not a big eater. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
2: Twelve egg my <laughs> muffins. Um
3: Stanley Higgins just says peanut butter. Oh, I can't I can't can't stomach Big peanut fan. Butter.
2: Big fan of its walk.
3: Dylan O'Rourke reckons he could do uh, the McDonald's bacon and cheese toasties, he could probably put twenty of them away. Never seen
2: them. What we well big idea, just a toasty. Is it just a toasty?
3: Um just the cheese and ham and cheese toasted, uh, yeah.
2: twenty fifty. Yeah, yeah, listen. <laughs>
3: yeah, because Keith, Keith, like literally, I'd say when Keith left, left home to go and live on his own, he literally bought the clothes on his back and his sandwich maker with him because he just uh, loves that sandwich on, maker.
2: Hold on. Do you think my outfit was giving up the sandwich maker when I went? Yeah, it but was, I heard me or a- the sandwich maker, I was fucked out. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're on your yeah. own. Yeah.
3: Uh, Shaq says the egg is disgusting well done Gab you know it makes sense uh, I just I'm not into eggs unless it's an anomaly um, other than that I'm not good on that uh, th- that's that's just the way I am um, I don't think there's anything else any other questions for us Keith before we go
2: no no all good
3: all good all good yeah anything happening in the world that you'd like to get off your chest or have a talk about or anything like that no uh, I can't really think about um, no okay. very quiet
2: all quiet
3: Grizz, um anything happening with you that you'd like to discuss before we go?
1: No, nothing of note, Sam. Not okay. The, I like the nice, quiet, boring life.
3: Okay, Sorry. no worries. Well, look, um, that was a really good um, review of September in this 2019-20 season. A Date with Destiny Part 2. That was your show. We will be back next week with Part 3 where we will look at October. And you look at all the shows in between, there, uh, between now and then. Keith, thanks a million for joining me. I love you.
2: Pleasure as always. Love you too, guys. he said
3: I love you too, back you see. Of course. Of course he did. Grizz, oh, I love you so much. I'll see you later.
1: Nice one, mate.
3: He didn't say I love you. All right. No, touch it a bit. Him. Over and out.
0: So let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us with whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type two collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie and tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day.
1: 15
3: minutes could save you 15% or more.
0: Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball.
3: Uh,
1: what? It's, uh, actually Geico.
2: Whenever
0: someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell,
2: 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it